Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this evening's Word Up with our special guest, Angela Davis, the big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> she's, <Hello everyone. laughs> here. she's here to join us tonight. Um, Pastor Ian is uh, taking some well-needed uh rest with uh, with Pastor Rachel and uh, yeah he'll be back um, to continue through Peter but tonight we are actually at the end of chapter one after eight episodes <laughs> of trawling through this wonderful text that has brought forth so much treasure um, for me definitely and hopefully for you guys as well. Um, it really pays off to uh, scrutinize the word I think and, and, and take a look at uh, some of the concepts some of the, the words which are in there and, and, and mine the Bible for, for those things. So I hope you're, um, you know, you're, you're getting that depth from it as well that, that, that we are. So the word of God, Angela. Yeah. Yes. The word of God. The word of God. I have to say I've really enjoyed prepping for this evening's um, discussion. Um, it's been great just looking up the Greek and uh, just really digging into different layers of meaning, um, which, um, you know, it's so easy to miss when you, you just kind of read it. That's it. So we, um, you know, so we've been talking about growth and growing a lot on on uh, Word Up, and it's definitely helped me to grow, uh, and uh, as I say, hopefully others, um, and also get a system of of studying the Bible in place as well uh, by looking at things like the, the original Greek languages and and just as I say, mining the, the concepts of the word. So we're just going to start with prayer tonight, and uh, we're going to get into the the last bit of. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. So Father God, I just come before you tonight, Lord. I commit this time to you, Father God. I thank you that Angela is here tonight, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, as we as we come to your word, God, uh, we would come with that reverence of heart, um, but we would come with that open hand, Holy Spirit, that you would come and be the teacher that you promised to be as we discuss these things and uh, look at them and apply them to our lives, God. Be the fire in our hearts, Lord, tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So uh, let's just do a little recap, and I'm going to read from, um, let's read from verse 16. Uh, it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially, according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Amen. So let's just uh, see if we can get the, uh, the scripture up. So we can have a bit of a reference point. There we go. 
Now, this is, uh, I don't know what version Pastor Ian's put up, but I, I'll read from the ESV, and it says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for us to see a brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So it's talking about purifying our souls. And uh, we had a bit of a, a discussion about that earlier on. Um, and we've talked about uh, some of the theological words that are in um, Peter and uh, throughout the Bible. Um, and it says we purify ourselves by obeying the truth. Now, there are certain opinions out there that would... would uh, you know, question that whole thing about what do you mean you, you purify yourself? Whereas, um, I mean, I would say initially that process of justification where you, you make a profession of faith before the Lord because he's, he's, he's come to you, um, the spirit has quickened your heart. And in that response and in your confession, he justifies you and says, you are saved, you are holy. But then there's that ongoing process of sanctification which I would say having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth means. Now, that process of, of, of sanctification, um, Angela, I was saying, um, I've said over the weeks that, you know, some of my practices in life are like daily prayer or devotions and, and things like that in my life have really helped me to, to grow in holiness. And what about for yourself? You know, what, what kind of, uh, what have you got practices in your life that help you um, commune with God and and uh, purify your soul, help you become more sanctified, more um, attuned to God. Anything like that? Do you have daily practices like that at all? Yeah, I do. Um, I use the Daily Audio Bible app, and um, in fact, it was you yourself, Ben, <laughs> that introduced that to me um, uh, some years ago. Um, I'm in my fourth year of using it, and the Daily Audio Bible. For those that don't know it. Um, it's uh, a, 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 like a global community that um, listens to the Word of God read fresh every day, and uh, you work your way through the whole of the Bible in the course of a year. And it's really great because you get um, three chapters of the Old Testament, um, a, a psalm, or as much of a psalm as they can fit in, in the allotted time, um, a proverb, and also a chapter of the New Testament, and uh, a lovely commentary afterwards. Um, and um, that really sets me up for the day, um, 45 minutes each morning. While Bill goes out and walks the dog, I um, have a cup of tea and um, I listen to the Daily Audio Bible app. And then um, all sorts of things start happening then. Um, you know, I, I might latch onto something that really interests me or something really I want to, to dig a little bit deeper into. And so having listened to the, the, the reading for the day and the commentary, I, I then might just go on my own little voyage of discovery. Uh, onto um, a concept um, that uh, particularly speaks to me that day. And sometimes I might get so excited about something that I've heard and, and I've, I've, I've thought about that I might share it with, with others um, as well. And, uh, and I've found as well that on days that I've missed it, um, I try not to miss it, but on days when it's unavoidable, then I really do feel I'm missing out because it's, it is so habituated now. Um, the uh, uh, that, that daily dose of, of the word of God and I, I can't recommend it enough I mean there are loads and loads of, of, of resources out there loads of Bible apps, Bible Gateway um, um, you can read in any version you like um, you can listen to it um, and uh, lots of uh, uh, devotionals that come you know, in book form that uh, you, can, you can follow as well but uh, yes I can't recommend it highly enough it's great. The Daily Audio Bible was something that um, years ago I, I happened upon a, on iTunes, and it was it regularly, usually is the number one in the in the kind of Bible religious category. And it was started by a guy called Brian Harding, who uh, God said to him, 
just start reading the word on online on, on a podcast and he obeyed and he just started reading the word and uh, over time people started listening he started developing it in different ways and now i mean there's there's literally thousands millions of people around the world that listen to it and it's broadcast in french in arabic in chinese and all sorts of other languages um and you know it's it, it's a. I'd recommend it to you. We'd recommend it to you. No end. The Daily Audio Bible by Brian Harden. It's uh, it's on iTunes and every day throughout the year. Um, there's a 45 minute uh, reading of the, of the Word and uh, some cracking devotionals. And he's written a few uh, books and there's been a few events. I think he does trips to Israel as well. And can't recommend it highly enough. Okay, so. We talked about the, you know, purifying your soul by your communion with God, you know, and we talked about being holy the other week, and um, I was saying to Pastor Ian, you know, what have you ever felt holy? Do you know what what, what does that mean? Um, and we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, feeling holy, if you like, being holy and being purified in your soul is is doing all you can as a Christian to obey the Word, to uh, obey. God and and follow Jesus um, and Jesus even says himself in, in John 17 um, he says I'll read the whole bit it says they they talking of the disciples are not of the world just as I am not of the world sanctify them in your truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world so I have sent them into the world and for their sake I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth that's John 17 16 to 19 so, I mean, it says in John 10 um, that the Father sent Jesus into the world. He consecrated him and sent him into the world. And in turn, Jesus is saying, I consecrate myself for their sake. You know, it's, it's Jesus that was the, the only perfect man who walked both as a human and as a, 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 divine, was a humanity and a divinity about him. But he suffered every temptation that we do. He walked with all the issues and things that we have in life. Yet he, he remained holy, yet he remained in communion with God as an example of us, how we, you know, how we should walk. We can look to Jesus. He did it for our sake. Um, and he said those that are no longer of the world. Um, and we've talked on the broadcast about being elect exiles. Uh, and there's so much in the word about um, not, uh, you know, we're not of the world anymore. You know, there's a new nature. Um, there's a, something has happened to us. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 change things um, and for us to uh, live a different way um, and again it's the process of sanctification and uh, we've talked about you know how that might have affected some things in our lives um, are there anything you know in your life where you could say Angela that you know at one point you maybe thought this way or even acted this way um, and you can see like a growth a progress in in your walk with the Lord, where you can look back and think, thank you, Lord, for doing, t- telling me that and changing that in me. Um, anything like that at all that you can think of? Goodness, um, that's, that is a really hard question to answer because I think it probably happens daily. <laughs> <laughs> Hourly, minute by minute. <laughs> um, but I, I suppose if I go back to the beginning, um, when I was first saved, and, um, you know, I... I um, I'd made the decision to commit my life to the Lord and, um, you know, I, I prayed the prayer of salvation and um, I repented of my sins and I know that by, the, by God's grace my sins were forgiven and so forth. But I also knew 
um, I knew a load of wrong stuff having been um, in, in the JWs for six, six years earlier in my life. And um, uh, I also knew that there was a load of rubbish out there on the internet. And so I was very, very aware that um, I needed guidance. Um, and uh, that's where, you know, discipling came. I, I think discipling was the, probably the most important first step I could could have taken. Um, and uh, under uh, Rick and Annie Hill's guidance, um, uh, I, I, I began this process of purification through through learning and, um, uh, and studying the word and, and obeying it, because it's not just, you know, it's not just learning it, it's doing it as well. Yes. Um, and uh, so, uh, yes, um, but, you know, daily some, something trips me up, you know, there might be like an attitude um, and then I, I, I feel convicted, oh goodness, I shouldn't really be feeling that way. And, um, something might happen at work, you might want to react to me, you were talking about um, driving yes. um, <laughs> last time and, you know, uh, someone cuts you up on a roundabout and um, <laughs> really hard to practice brotherly love then. And, <laughs> but uh, that's what that's what is required of us. And, uh, and, and, and so, yes. Um, uh, you know, there's that song, A Thousand Times I Failed, But Your Mercy Remains. And, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very conscious that, you know, purification, sanctification, is it's a process. It's a journey we're all on. And, um, you know, I, I think when you think back to the, to the law that was given to, you know, the Levitical priests, that, um, you know, it, it was... It was never ever going to work for them. They were never ever going to be holy from from that. They were never going to be sanctified. It was merely to show them um, what you know the cost of, of of their wrongdoing, the cost of sin. Um, but here, you know, we have, we've been given this path um, through 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 the grace and, and love of God. We've been given this path to follow. This this um, uh, this word to learn, and 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 and, and that is life to us, really. Amen. The straight and narrow is what I always think of. You know, yes. talk about the narrow gate and the wide gate, and the, you know, it's it, it's a narrow way, um, but it is a process, and we're all, you know, us that believe, we're all going through it on a daily, hourly basis sometimes. Um, but that's our that's our act of, of, of obedience to the word. Got a quote from uh, Matthew Henry. He, the uh, he's a he's a great Bible commentator, Puritan guy. Um, says some great things in the Word, but he said the Word of God is the great instrument of a sinner's purification. The great instrument of a sinner's purification. It's exactly what we're talking about. You know, that uh, the Word does its work. The cross does its work in our lives when we submit to the Lord and we submit to the Word. He says the Spirit of God is the great agent in the purification of a man's soul. The Spirit continues. Spirit convinces the soul of its impurities, furnishes those virtues and graces that both adorn and purify, such as faith, hope, the fear of God, and the love of Jesus Christ. The Spirit excites our endeavours and makes them successful. And mm-hmm. um, we talked about how the Word of God uh, uh, it, it penetrates. I always go back to this because it was such a, a new. Uh, an old revelation that became new, how it penetrates to bone and sinew in our body and soul and spirit and excites something in us to produce this this purification. Mm. Um, it was a great revelation to me uh, about that, you know. I had a little mini revelation, revelation about that as well. Um, the um, uh, When you talk about, uh, and it's called, talked about in the scripture, the word of God is, a, is a sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word for sword used there is um, the equivalent of scalpel. 
And uh, when you think of a scalpel, it's used as an instrument of precision. It's incredibly sharp and very precise, and it gets right to where it's supposed to get to. And the Word of God is a bit like that. Um, you know, they're, they're, it, it, it penetrates us, us deeply, and it gets exactly to the the right place. It's very targeted sometimes. Yeah, yeah, just like a sur- yeah, surgeon's scalpel. And I know that too well, being working in surgery myself, it's a, you know, it's a, a picture to me of, of how how deep the change is in our lives and how deep it goes and how deep it can go if, you, if you're open. So let's just put up the next scripture. Um, so we're in 1 Peter uh, 23 to 25. So um, next scripture says that, uh, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And then it goes on, but we'll, we'll stick to that first bit uh, at the moment. Um, Let's go back to the camera. So, yeah, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Now, I always talk about seed and sowing. I always think about the parable of the sower that's in uh, Matthew 13. Um, And it talks about a sower sowing seed and some falls on um, a path, but the, the birds come and devour it before it takes root. Um, talks about rocky ground where there's not much soil and the the shoots immediately shoot up but because they can't go down deep enough the sun scorches them and they're withered away there's one that fall among thorns and uh, when they grow up the thorns choke them and that's that's a picture of like perishable seed if you like this the seed that doesn't take root Uh, and Jesus goes on to say about when he interprets that parable he talks about the birds. He talks about some some people don't understand what is sown in their heart, and the devil snatches it away like the birds snatch the seed away. And that's not to say that you need some high mental ability to understand the gospel, because that would exclude lots of different people. Um, the, it's for everyone, and I think what that talks about is: does it take root in the heart? Does it does it get into what like we were saying with the scalpel and the? And, in the inward parts of our, our spirit and our soul, you know, does it does it get into that? Are we open to it getting into that part? Um, rocky ground, for instance, uh, where it, they immediately spring up, people who who immediately rejoice. Um, but when trials come, when persecution comes, because of the word and the seed that's there, they fall away. Thorns, where the cares of the world, Jesus says that represents the care of the world, the secretness of riches, they. They choose the world um, instead of, of of God, just like the rich young ruler. You know, he he said, "I've done everything," and Jesus said, "Can you give up your riches?" And he backed off and, and couldn't do it, um, choked by the the riches that he had. And then, it, of course, it goes on to um, imperishable seed. Now, did you have, did you have some things to say about that, Angela? Well, yeah, it, it's it's actually quite interesting, isn't it? Because um, you know, the, the the seed was the same seed that he threw, that the sower threw, and it was just um, how it was received on on the ground that that that, that made the difference. And um, you know, um, the, the word of God is um, it endures forever. It is imperishable in itself, and I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that. But um, you know, it, it's uh, there, there's um, there's choice in this. There's choice in how it's received. Um, and that choice is down to us. That's our free will um, to, to, to hear, to accept, to obey. Um, but um, yes, the, the Word of God, um, when you think about the history of the Word of God, it survived thousands and thousands of years, um, despite 
attempts to um, to destroy it, uh, attempts led by the, the enemy. Um, I found one here in AD 303, the Roman emperor Diocletian demanded that every copy of the scriptures in the Roman Empire be burned. Imagine that. He failed, obviously, and 25 years later, the Roman emperor Constantine commissioned a scholar named Eusebius to prepare 50 copies of the Bible at government expense. Such, such irony. <laughs> and, and then a thousand times over, the death knell of the Bible has been sounded, the funeral procession formed, the inscription cut on the tombstone, the committal read, but somehow the corpse never stays put. Uh, that's by um, Bernard Ram. And then Spurgeon um, said, God's word never dies, God's word never changes. Um, you know, it's it was divinely inspired, God-breathed to write. Um, it liveth and abideth forever. Um, and so all scripture comes from God. It's, it's inspired, divinely inspired, God-breathed. Um, and so God himself has ensured its preservation. And um, uh, there's a, a scripture at the end of Revelation where dire consequences are promised to anyone who, who dares mess with, with the word of God. Um, so no matter what effort is put into destroying the word, um, they, they, they will never be effective. Um, and, uh, you know, even in where the, the Bible is uh, forbidden in circulation, it's still circulated secretly. And of course, now it's universally available for free um, on the Internet. Um, and there's very, very few parts of the world now where you can't access the word of God in, in, in some form. Um, there are 7.8 billion people in the world. And um, the Guinness Book of Records estimates that five billion copies of the Bible have actually been printed. Um, and then, you know, that you can see that gap is, is made more narrower by, by the, the Internet and, um, you know, the, the Bible being um, available via digital means. And I thought that was so wonderful, so, so, so fantastic to see how God has really yeah. preserved his imperishable word. Uh, it really is imperishable. And it, it's, it's our reaction to it. Um, as, as perishable beings that um, makes the difference. But of course, um, once we have accepted it, once we're living by it, once we choose to have it in our hearts, in our lives, to choose to let, to let it guide us and obey it, then that makes our spirit imperishable. That gives us life. The word of God is actually life-giving. Amen. I'm just thinking of uh, <laughs> an old Delirious album, Living in the Can. Before they sing, I found Jesus, the guy shouts out, you cannot get rid of of Jesus and that's just just like the, the word of God I mean think about the journey it's had from the, the original manuscripts and it, there's there's some great stuff on YouTube about how the manuscripts were discovered um, and how these these scraps like they were dumped and, and they were found and they were found over time and it's amazing that uh, scripture the old manuscripts that were found like a thousand years apart from maybe the Dead Sea Scrolls, that span of time, everything still marries up. There might be minor discrepancies in copying or where uh, people have put two words or words that were written at the side where they shouldn't have. But overall, the word of God has remained intact through time. And God has done that. God has preserved his word. Um, you know, the, the darkness is great, but it, it, the, it cannot comprehend the light. It cannot put it out, is what it says in John 1. Um, and it, it's an incredible story, the Word of God, you know, how it's, how it's got to us in its form um, and how it, the message, the theological message, the, the, the 
you know, what we've got has actually been preserved through time. And people say, oh, you've got to make it relevant. You've got to change it for the times. No, no, that is, the word of God is eternal and its principles are true. And it's been preserved through, you know, 2000 centuries uh, and for the New Testament and longer for the Old Testament. And we, we have, you know, the greatest uh, scholars who work in it and give us what we have. Um, and, you know, it's imperishable. It's imperishable. It's not perishable. It's it's eternal in its physical form and in its spiritual form. As we've said before, it's, you know, it's the revelations of people through history. But their revelations become our revelations. You know, the, what happened to them can is possible for us too, which is, is amazing. So imperishable seed. Uh, and, you know, it goes into good soil. It produces a harvest in good soil. Um the one who, who comes to the Lord, the one who receives him, you know, it takes root and it, it, it bears fruit. And it's contrasted in the word with, with perishable things, like it says about earthly possessions um, being perishable. But yet we have treasure in heaven that is imperishable. The image of man is perishable. You know, we're all going to get old. I'm, I'm going to die one day. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to get there before you as well. I'm holding you. <laughs> and it'll all pass away, you know. And what we do for the Lord will remain, you know. Um, our outer self, as we say, it perishes. But our inner self, our spirit is eternal if we come to the Lord. You know, creation is in bondage to decay, it says in Romans 8.21. Um, but the word is the, is, is the living and abiding word of God. Um, and it, it says of us that we will, we will have resurrection bodies one day. I mean, that's 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 the essence of what we're saying. You know, it's it's imperishable, an imperishable God, an immortal God, um, giving life to his his creation. Um, and I just, want, I just want to read a bit about our resurrection bodies. Uh, it's, it says in um, oh, we've got to find it now. Uh, Someone will ask, this is in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 35, I think. Yeah, 35. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body do they, uh, with what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first mad Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So, you know, that's, I mean, please go and read that. You know, 1 Corinthians uh, 15 35 uh, and onwards um, talks about what's what's ahead for the believer we talked about the beginning blessed are you God and Father our Lord Jesus Christ who has caused us to be saved to a living hope that's living hope that's what's ahead uh, for Christians in glory uh, and you know it's imperishable it's indestructible even incorruptible incorruptible 
Yeah. As well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an, an old an old world word that's used um, to to describe that it's un, undecaying, but it's also incorruptible in the sense of purity as well. That it is yeah. it is not corrupt, and um, uh, and and that's the, the the way again the way that it has been preserved. It's been preserved intact down through the ages. It's um it's uh, talking of incorruptible. Um, we're called to be salt, aren't we? Salt and light in the world. And salt purifies, you know, we are to be. When Jesus said, you know, be like salt, be the salty ones on the earth, he was actually speaking about um, the corruption of the world contrasted to us uh, who can be the salt. We can be the, the salty ones in the world who who live um, in obedience to the kingdom, who live the culture of the kingdom as the salty ones. So let's go back to the scripture again. Um, so we, we're on verse 23 to 25. Um, for you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable food, living and enduring word of God. Do you know what, Angela? I think we have skipped verse 22. I think we do, do you know? I, I was going to kick you, but I thought, no, that's, that's not brotherly love. <laughs> No. <laughs> so we're going to go back and do verse 22. This is a comprehensive uh, covering of Peter. So we're going to just have a look at verse 22. Now that you've purified yourself by obeying the truth, because we talked about purifying ourselves, so that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. And, you know, in verse 22 in, uh, in my version, which is uh, uh, the ESV, it says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Now, I want to go back to this because it talks about the love that we should have for each other as, as believers. And, uh, you know, we, we've both had a good look at the, uh, the Greek and, um, uh, you know, mining those meanings of, of what it means, you know, to, to have sincere brotherly love. Um, you know, what, what did you have, Angela? Well, I found a word um, for sincere, and I can't pronounce it very well, so forgive me, any Greek scholars out there. Anuplokritos, which also means unfeigned and undisguised. So um, sincere um, love for each other. Um, and it, it talks about um, fervently as well, to love one another deeply. Um, and, and the Greek word equivalent was fervently which is these these are very these are very strong words actually aren't they they're very um uh, very very active um well proactive i should say and um you know this this isn't this isn't a passive lip service thing at all this is this is a very very active expression yeah. of our love for each other we all know what we, you know giving kind of a putting a mask on or a face on and um you know that that difficult greek word anno Kratos, the A at the beginning, <laughs> the A at the beginning. Actually, if you take that A out, and it, it, it makes it the opposite. So you know, it'd be like hypocritical love, if you like. What is hypocritical love? It's just putting a face on things, I think, and just having that false kind of "How are you? I'm fine." Kind of, kind of concern for each other. Whereas it calls us to have a sincere brotherly love. A sincere brotherly love. And, you know, the word for brotherly love is Philadelphia. There's different kinds of words that uh, talk about love in the Bible. There's Philadelphia for brotherly for brotherly love. And then agape or agapeo, um, which is unconditional love, which is the kind of love that the Lord has for us. And in this, this verse, it says sincere, f 
Philadelphia, and then it says, uh, sincere brotherly love, love one another, agapeo one another earnestly from a pure heart. Mm-hmm. So we've got that brotherly love, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a love for each other that's, you know, like a, a friendship is a, a fondness for each other. You know, I've got um, some best friends that, you know, I could say like, you know, they're not my um, blood brothers, but they're, they're good friends and I would look at them in a brotherly sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that kind of love for each other, that fondness for each other. But then when it says, this is where, you know, the Greek is valuable because it says brotherly love and then it goes on to say love one another. That second word love is agapeo. Which is is a verb, um, which which actually means welcome, entertain, or love dearly, love unconditionally. So we've got brotherly love, which is you now um, we have for each other, but it, it it kind of blurs the line and goes into that whole kind of godly, um, kind of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So it's a brotherly love that's almost not of this world that the world doesn't know that the world probably doesn't understand and misunderstands. But it's like a, a sincere, unconditional brotherly love for each other. Mm. It's a, it's a real deepening of the love. It, it's um, agape. It's it's the kind of love that costs. It's mm. sacrificial love. Um, you know the, the 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 kind of love that Jesus had where he laid down his life um, for his friends that he he, he referred to and, and he did of course. And um, and it's very interesting that both those strong words for love are, are used in, in the same breath really. Um, and um, I, I, again, it really brought home to me that um, you know this is this is something we're we're really um, this is really re- a strong requirement of us. Um, you know, this is this is not a passive thing at all. This is not something you know we just kind of nod here. Yeah, I love my brother. It's not that at all. It's it's um, evidenced in in how we are with with people in in. in yeah. how we serve them because Jesus um, demonstrated his love by serving and, and again that's referred to often in the scriptures yeah the uh, my version again says love one another earnestly from a pure heart and that earnestness is uh, it's a word that means to stretch out the hand uh, fervently not relaxing in effort earnestly sincerely so it's like actively, actively love each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Go all out to serve each other. Um, and that's not the way of the world. So, you know, people are kind. You know, there is a common grace. We are kind to each other. But, you know, it, it really comes home when you, you're in a bit of a fix and people won't help you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that whole thing of, of going the extra mile um, that especially as Christians we should do. Um, when there's someone in need um, and that's you know that's that's another way we can walk in holiness is is to be that one who's always willing to serve in fact be the one that is proactive in, in serving instead of sometimes it's our omissions that that are you know um, the thing that that goes against us is what we don't do sometimes where we could you know we could go ahead and do it um, you know, and that, that activeness, that going out there and, and doing it is is definitely one of those things that, you know, the Lord wants us to do. The, the Lord wants us to, to move in and, and uh, practice in our lives. So earnest love from a pure heart. And the pure word there means clean and pure, um, like a like a pruned vine. And, the, and there's that whole thing about the vine and the branches. You know, Jesus says, I prune the unfruitful branches, I prune the fruitful branches for growth, you know. So it's, it's part of our growth in that. So that was that was 22 that we've just gone back to because we 
neglected to uh, to look at it. So, okay, so we're moving on to to the last part of chapter one, uh, which uh, you know we've talked about imperishable and perishable uh, things. The last bit talks about you know. All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. That's very poetic, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's quoting there from, from two sources. He's quoting from um, Isaiah 40, verse 6, and also Job 14, um, verse 2. And uh, they, they say virtually the same thing. Um, that, uh, so that this is... Um, you often find when things are repeated in the Bible, word for word, that um, you know they're there for emphasis. That's really, it, aren't absolutely. They? Yes, and um, so yeah, um, we we are. I mean, we our, our lives are, are, are there and gone. Um, yeah. You know, and um, we we do we wither and, and die, and unless we have this incorruptible seed of of, of, of the word of life inside of us. Absolutely. Yeah. That's. I think, I mean, I had a little look at Isaiah because it's good, especially when they quote things in the New Testament, to go back to where it was originally said and think, well, why were they saying that? Uh, and at the, at the time, Isaiah, it's a classic verse in 40 where it's a bit of a messianic prophecy um, that John the Baptist then repeats. Um, and he's, he's, he's talking to Israel uh, and he's in reinforcing the permanence of a faithful, the faithful promise of God contrasted with the transitory nature of man and creation. Um, I think at the time, you know, they were under Hezekiah, I think, and they were facing uh, a siege and and um, that kind of thing. And it was, you know, the danger was all around. And I was always like, you know, there is hope for you. There is hope and a future for you, just like Jeremiah says to Israel. You, know, you have a future and a hope um, ahead of you. And that's what he was prophesying. Um, and he, he's emphasising the permanence, the again, the incorruptibility, the permanence of the word of God. Uh, G- Jesus you know, said, um, I've come to fulfil the law and the prophets and not an iota, not a dot, which are the smallest strokes of the pen in the Hebrew, la- Hebrew language. Not one of those will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Even in Luke, it says it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of a law to become void. Again, emphasising the permanence of the word of God and that, you know, that... Uh, that edifice that despite what goes on around it like we've said about how it was preserved for all those centuries it stands it stands men may come kingdoms may come empires may fall but the word of god reigns forever and it's interesting that 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 particular bit of scripture is emphasized as well by by james when um He's, he's talking about the rich, you know, it's not wrong to be rich, but it's wrong to trust in your riches. It's not, um, money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. James says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls and its beauty per- uh, perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Again, you know, it's almost talking about the you know the seed that falls on the path that doesn't take root, um, like the rich, like the young ruler. You know, it's all the the trusting in the wrong things and not not taking it into your heart, um, and trusting in the eternal in the midst of the the transitory mm. 
if you like, the stuff that, that passes away. And we think our lives are so, so important, you know, and, um, and you know, they are, they are important. But in the grand scheme of time, I don't know about you, like on Facebook, they get a video of like New York in, in 1900 or something, or New York in 18, 1890, the earliest films that you can get of a, a street scene. And you see these people, like, it's like standing in London and you see a sea of people just passing by. And, you know, you see it on these old films and you think every single one of those people are gone. Mm. You know, they lived their span of life mm. and that was it. It's yeah. gone. And it really puts things into perspective for our own lives, I think. I often I often feel that way, particularly around Remembrance Time when um, they, they, they're they talking about, you know, the, the, the tragedy uh, of, uh, of northern France and, um, and Belgium, you know, the, the trench wars and uh, sending these children out to fight this battle. Yeah. And uh, many of them didn't come back. And of, of those that did come back, then there was the flu epidemic afterwards. And so many don't even get to live that full span as well. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, it, it shows how the preciousness of, of life, or as Sting said, how fragile we are. And, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and therefore, you know, the onus is on us to, to, to give it meaning and, 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 and uh, you know, to, to, to bring to bring the Lord into that partnership with us, to to to, to live our lives as, as He would like us to live it, and, and and preserve the spiritual man and woman, you know, yeah, inside. That's it. The the permanence of, of you know what God does is what what remains, and I think, you know, it talks in the Word a lot about you know everything will be tried by fire in the end. It, it's uh, you know and what will remain is the, the things done for the Lord, um, and it. You know, I used to when I first got saved, I just wanted to know what God wanted me to do. You know, what what He wanted me to do, and what what He wanted me to do was just put one foot in front of the other and learn to grow as a Christian. But I was consumed by this whole, you know, knowing where what He wanted me to do and where He wanted me to go. And 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 I, as time went on, you know, I, I kind of it just happened. You know, I, I developed and I moved into the things that He wanted me to to move into. And he he directed it, you know. He directed my opportunities, my job, my the ministry that I'm involved in. I can really say that, you know, he he has done that, and he's he's moved me into the things that that he wanted to use me in. Um, and he's used things that he prepared me for without my knowing. Um, and it really, uh, Andrew Murray, the, the the preacher, the South African preacher, has many books that he's done. He's got a book called Absolute Surrender, and I never forget reading that. He says we should be as surrendered as a pen in the writer's hand, in the in the hand of God, and He will write the story. And in all our, our worrying, in all our stress about life, you know, you just kind of look back and think, how, how silly was I, you know, to to spend all that time worrying about certain things in my life. I mean, it's a natural thing we do, but but Jesus actually says, I'm sure it's there in, in the Sermon on the Mount, that worry. Worrying is actually a sin, and you can see why. What you know? Why spend all that energy on on something that's in the Lord's hands, if you like? And um, you know that is just a testament to it in that scripture. You know, it's all flesh is like grass; it withers and dies. But the word of the Lord, what He does in our lives, is is what stands forever. Yeah. You know. So Jesus said that you couldn't add a a, a day to your life by by worrying, and I, I'm a natural born worrier, and um, it's uh, it's so hard sometimes just just to leave it with the Lord and just <laughs> don't pick it up again with your mind and, and turn it over and over again like a washing machine yeah. because you know it it 
you're not going to come to the uh, mm. any kind of different conclusion on your own. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, it, it's it's down to the Lord and and let Him direct your steps. Let Him direct your your paths. I, I saw one definition of, of of obedience as giving up of self. Um, yeah. And um, you know the kind of obedience that that Jesus had when he came down and gave his life. Um, mm. You know he 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 gave up his his own self will. He 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 just um, did entirely the, the will of his father who sent him. Amen. That's it. And it? it's just with everything, um, not just worry. Uh, you know, as we were speaking, I was thinking sometimes when I, I've had anger about things. It's amazing how much anger can can grind you, uh, and just you know you talked about turning things over like a washing machine. You know when you've been wronged, I mean it's a real discipline to give that over to the Lord because it, it won't uh, for me it won't leave you alone. It just you want revenge, you want you want to be heard, you want to put things right. That is a real um, that's one of the tests of faith, I, I think, yes, to be absolutely. able to, not to to retaliate. Um, you know, in worry and, and in anger, that's a real, that's a real discipline. Yeah. But we're like you say, we're we're on that journey of sanctification, and none of us will arrive until glory. Mm. Um, but you know, there's that 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 path we're on to to iron out all these horrible things in our lives. You know, we've had, you know, for me, it was like 19 years of of, of trying to, you know, live through some horrible things in my life, but you know, just kind of flailing and thinking, what am I doing? You know, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to, to be a man, you know, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Some would say oh, I'm dear. still on that path. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? You know, it's like you're just thrown into this world sometimes through circumstance and you think, I just don't know what to do. And I can really say that in obedience and submission to the to the Lord and to the people he's put in my life through through Bright City Church, you know, that, that he is he has fathered me. Um, and he, you know, he continues to father me. Yeah, he continues to be that guiding hand in my life where um, you know, men have failed. God has always come through, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an amazing thing. And he does without often without a fanfare. Yes. You know, uh, there, there, you, you don't see the bolts of lightning and you don't hear the trumpets blowing. Just things just kind of calmly just fall into place. And, and there it is. There's the path ahead yeah. of you with the light shining on it. And that is the word of God. That's it. Be as surrendered as a pen in the writer's hand, everybody. Let him do his work. Any final words on this episode uh, tonight, Angela? It's been great having you on. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure to to be here as well. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I I think um, you know it's it's amazing what you can get out of just a couple of verses of scripture, <laughs> isn't it? And I and I think I mean Ben and I were were discussing this um, digitally um, for for a good hour before we got here as well <laughs> on and off. So um, yeah, um, it, it's it's really interesting, you know, this this journey of purification, um, and um, you know that. That we have a, an active role to play, and that it's it's not all it's not all God doing it for us. We have to actually, you know, do our bit as well. Um, and uh, what it really means to love um, one another, to love yeah. each other. Um, you know, it, it's active. Uh, these are strong um, strong expressions that we used. Um, and and yeah, you know, um, we do wither and die like grass without um, without the word of God to give us life, to give us eternal life. 
Amen, amen. Well, we're going to finish up there and um, we've come to the end of chapter one at last after eight episodes. Um, and we'll be taking up uh, chapter two and, and uh, trawling our way through that and, and getting more treasure from the word uh, as we as we go on with, with word up. So I hope you've enjoyed what we, we've done. And, um, you know, please go back over, you know, the episodes. And if there's something that's uh, that's piqued your interest or, um, you know, you want to know more about, you can, you can message me on, on Facebook or Pastor Ian. And for myself, I've been through so many episodes thinking, oh, I need to read that book now. I want to know more about that. So I've got to get that book. I've got to study this. It's just opened up. I must have like a year or two's worth of reading just out of eight episodes to, to pursue. But, you know, there we go. That's the riches of the word of God. So I just want to ask Angela to close in prayer and uh, we'll say goodbye after that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this privilege and joy of, of sitting here and discussing your word and really digging into it, Lord Father God. We thank you for your presence here with us, Lord, and we pray that um, each one of us who's, um, who's heard this um, discussion tonight will, will also have something to take away with them, something to think about, um, something to work on, so that they too can just um, take another step in this um, road, of, on the road of sanctification, this, this work of purification that you are helping us with in our lives. Lord Father God, we thank you so much. And um, just just we, we bless you, we worship you, Lord Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And in the spirit of brotherly love, in active brotherly love, I want to give you a high five and say, word up, my sister. <laughs> word up, dude. <laughs>